Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Ono Sullivan and today's guest on the show is Phil Christie from the, well, I'm going to say Cork band, The Bonk, but you're living in Dublin at the moment and you have been for four years. But like when, when I was talking to you trying to organize this interview, I was like, oh yeah, if you want to just come over to my house there, I'm just living at blah, blah, blah in Cork. <laughs> And you're just like, yeah. oh, I'm li- living in Dublin and have, and you just said you've been living there for a couple of years now. I, d- I don't know what it is. I think that like you're also in O Emperor as well. And so I've, I got so used to saying, you know, the from Waterford, but based in Cork band O Emperor that I've kind of always thought of you like that. But now you're living up in Dublin. Yeah, it's complicating further. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I guess I, I kind of think I think I probably move back to Cork in my mind it's probably a temporary thing as well so um, just temporary exile rather than uh, <laughs> a permanent situation but uh, yeah I've been up in Dublin now for for like four years yeah like I said so um, still very much kind of a lot of the people that I would play music with would be down in Cork but there's two two of us in the bank who are based up in Dublin so we're kind of usually coming from two directions to get to any of these gigs. So Do, does yeah. that make um, life more complicated? Just actually trying to get a release together and trying to like practice. Uh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, it does. Um, well, it also makes things simpler in a way in that there there, there are no practices. <laughs> so um, um, yeah, I, I think that the, the time that we most get to kind of play and get into musical situations are usually recording uh, sessions and then whatever comes out of those um you know we have we'll have little rehearsals here and there before i run a gigs or whatever but it's not really it's you know we haven't really actually been a band that has put uh, uh you know too much time into rehearsal i, I guess Part of that is down to the fact that we've all played together in, in lots of different um, formations. So we're pretty used to slotting in with one another. It's just making sure that we uh, that we kind of remind ourselves of what we're doing, I suppose. Yeah, like lo- looking so. at the lineup that you have on um, the Bank Bandcamp page, it is kind of like a who's who of like other other bands in Cork, particularly as well. Um, Jim mm. Christie, Brendan Fennessy, uh, Robert Grant, Emil Nurstrand, Phil O'Gorman, Dan Walsh, and Alan Comerford. I think that they'll be familiar with a lot of people who pay attention to music. You have uh, two of Fixity in there as well, Dan and Emil, who are yeah. who, you're cur- who you're currently on a, a tour with at the mo- well, not right now, but you're kind of in the middle of uh, the two sets of gigs that you're doing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're 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 gonna. Um, start a run on Thursday uh, and we'll be doing shows with Fixity Thursday to Sunday so um, but yeah no um, we kind of I, I think uh, a lot of people um, schedule their recording sessions around when Emil is uh, in Cork <laughs> over from Sweden so uh, um, one of the sessions that we did um, uh, last summer actually um Emil was around, so we kind of drafted him in, and he ended up on some of the recordings, which was, which was great. Uh, but yeah, no, there's kind of there's a good bit of cross pollination going on, um, like with Dan as well. I've kind of known Dan for a long time, and played with him in different things. 
but I guess in the last couple of years, we've had more of a chance to kind of help out with each other's stuff and stuff like that. I, I was doing some shows with Fixity uh, in June as well, and I'll be playing with them for these gigs as well. So oh, really? it's nice to kind of, yeah, yeah, it's nice to just get busy, get to work. Uh, and yeah, so we're kind of enjoying that. The improvised music is something that always really intrigues me. Like, it, it, like you were talking about not having to practice with the, or not being able to practice with the bonk. Like, what about fixity then? Is it like just show up on the night, have a quick talk about what you want to do and just get into it? Um, well, yeah, I guess um, with both groups, there's kind of a an approach whereby there's, there is a stru- there's certain structures that are kind of agreed and then there's a lot of freedom and responsibility to kind of just play around within those structures and so that's kind of i guess that's a common feature of of, of both um i think with both bands as well there there are some pieces that are more structured structured than others but yeah like it's a, a lot of it is just choices on the night or you know at the gig which is um uh, which is cool. I, I, you know, it kind of reflects the way that I've I've learned to play. Was always, I've always kind of been more at home with uh, improvising, and you know, often found it hard to do do things the same way twice. Just because I've just, uh, it's always been um, a kind of playful approach. Um, so it's nice. It's nice to actually. I think. For a long, it's easy to fall into a mindset where kind of improvisation is seen as kind of um, uh, copping out maybe a little bit. You know, you're not polishing details and all that kind of thing. But um, it's actually, it can be a lot more difficult actually to to really find find your way when nobody's telling you what to do. (laughs) And you have to kind of, answer to yourself alone it's kind of an interesting experience yeah like i've I've seen fixity a couple of times and it does just kind of seem like like you glance at one another and then you're like okay the, the song is about to end yeah 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 that 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 can happen um yeah like it's it's a funny thing it kind of just works out different ways uh at different gigs and you know whole whole sections kind of take off in Different, differently, dynamically, and everything, and it, especially when when everybody is improvising. And I, I think in both bands, uh, most of the musicians are kind of at home with that. So it's a it's a different way, different way of approaching things. Um, do you do you think that there's like a happy medium in between the two, like being too rehearsed for a gig and trying to play every note perfectly and perfectly in time with everybody else, and then like complete improvisation where it's like you're noodling away for two hours or something and you're like oh guess guess we better send everybody home now yeah 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 um well i i, I yeah I, I i depending on what you're trying to do um you know there's definitely varying degrees of how much you want to structure things i i, I and i guess we we kind of have that built into what we do like uh, the stuff that i've been kind of writing is locked down by rhythms mostly um and so the rhythms kind of keep the framework and then melodically and harmonically there's some shifts and different things like that but 
and you know like with anything else the more you do something uh, some structures become sedimented you know they you know like even some of the recordings that were made were they were kind of the first goes that we had at a tune but then when that's recorded that becomes some kind of um it, it gained some kind of validity as an original version, you know what I mean? So you kind of tend to revolve around structures that evolved naturally, if you know what I mean. Yeah, like, uh, we, I, I, sh- I probably should say that we're talking about um, your debut album as well, The Bonk Seems to Be a Verb, which is available on thebonk.bandcamp.com. Um, like, I was going to ask you that you say that uh, they're, Recursive rhythms and improvised melody are brought together in loose, minimal for- song forms. Is that, you know, are they different to like a traditional song? You think of them more as these recordings that have come together rather than something more, I guess, typical or specific, like, you know, an actual song. Um, yeah, they seem they seem to me uh, a little bit kind of you know, there's a lot of repetition involved and lots of kind of loops um, and then kind of overlapping loops, especially with rhythms. There's kind of um, a lot of layering of meters and things like that. So um, it doesn't seem quite so linear, uh, um, I guess, as a usual song structure might be imagined. Um but I don't know, and, and and also lyrically, it's kind of more based around minimal. Um, you know, the lyrics are are quite um, chant chant. They're more like chants that kind of yeah. that are also used as you know loops and layers uh, to fit in with the rest of it. So it it doesn't seem like a kind of going from A to B kind of uh, song. Uh, it kind of it feels like you're kind of trapped in one moment and kind of <laughs> getting deeper into that one moment uh, for a period of time until it until it comes to an end something like that it's kind of it's kind of unusual for me so I'm kind of only feeling my way around as well but I guess that's that's kind of why it's enjoyable and like like the lyrics are so buried in the mix as well. Sometimes you're like, oh, that's that's actually someone singing or chanting along. You know, you've really got to listen to the album. <laughs> yeah, make it hard for people. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. I guess you know it, the, the the way the vocal is treated is kind of more as a texture as well. So um, the sound of the vocal as a, as an instrument is kind of uh, interesting to me as well. So. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's kind of I, I guess those those kind of elements distinguish it from traditional song forms in some way. Although I think form in itself is being kind of explored in so many different ways by so many different people now that it's kind of difficult to find a standard uh, anymore. Like like how things thing. how things used to be done, sort of thing. Yeah, I think, you know, well, just for the, like structuring of um, musical pieces or songs or whatever you want to call them, I, I guess there's so much musical culture to kind of draw from these days that lots of, there's lots of different approaches that can be taken to that. So, it's, you know, it's not like it's a, 
it's not like it's a completely novel um, approach, um, but it's definitely it definitely would diverge from older song kind of ideas, I guess. Yeah, um, like I I was thinking like it. I wouldn't have been surprised if you kind of did it all as one mix, you know, just have the one track kind of playing through and one song leading into another. I guess maybe that's w- what it's like at your live show more so. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it's, it can't be like that. Sometimes we have, like to have long chats in between, <laughs> uh, but um, we're working on that. Um, yeah, no, they're, they're kind of, I, I guess each piece seems kind of self-contained, uh, in some ways, um, it's kind of taking one idea and spinning it out and exploring exploring the idea. Um, but they do have all they, they do have lots of things in common, um, especially kind of especially rhythmically and in terms of the instrumentation, like organs, organs and horns and lots of percussion. That kind of thing kind of ties them together. I think a little bit. Yeah, like on on that Bandcamp page, you do kind of say what what I was thinking when I was listening to the um, album as well, that it's kind of just like in the 60s and recursive rhythms, garage, jazz, experimental pop. It's it's quite a kraut rock as well and does make me think of bands like Can as well. Is that what you were listening to and is that what you wanted to like have a go at? Um, well, I, I guess uh, the problem... I found with kind of writing, um, I do, the problem that I've always had was that I, I kind of, my interests and tastes are fairly diverse, and I found it difficult to find a formula or a way of writing that would be able to kind of you'd be able to include uh, lots of different approaches. So, um, yeah, like. I can, the starting point for this was kind of like looking at swing and um, swung rhythms. Like a lot of the music that I would have listened to would be influenced by older blues and you know all that kind of just the feel of swing versus straight rhythms. And I kind of that was the starting point really. And um, rather than any particular genre or artist, I was interested to kind of try and play around with the kind of um, the in-between places in, uh, uh, between swung and straight rhythms. And that was kind of the starting point. But in that effort, I, I did start kind of looking into like um, people like Graham Bond, uh, who's an organ player um, uh, from the 60s, the Graham Bond organization. That was kind of one early thing that interested me. And then it kind of took on, you know, it, it's kind of a, it's such a broad kind of idea and that I, I was able to kind of incorporate lots of different influences which was kind of the aim really to find a, a kind of line of inquiry that could you know take in lots of different things because I, I don't I don't like the idea of being limited I suppose by kind of influences or genres and stuff like that um, be able to play around with them kind of appeals to me so yeah it was kind of that that idea was the central thing rather than um any particular kind of music i suppose are, are you always kind sense. of 
Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think it does anyway. I'll probably listen back and I'll go. Oh, I should have asked him what the feck he meant. Um, but but like just talking about the nineteen sixties, like are you constantly discovering new sounds or new acts that were around in the sixties? And you're like, oh, this is just the greatest thing ever. Is there something like specific about the decade that kind of draws you back in? Um. Uh. Well, I, I guess there were a lot of good records made. I, 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 the way I, the way I find it tends to work is that you come back to things and start appreciating things uh, on different levels. You know, um, that kind of, you know, say the garage thing in the sixties is something that I would have been listening to for a long time, but something kind of the penny, penny kind of dropped with me about the kind of nuances of the. Um, the, the grooves that are used in some of those records, um, and then and, and then also yeah, discovering new stuff, always always finding new things is kind of essential to kind of keep the ideas going, um, and yeah, actually like a lot of a, a lot of the influence wasn't really just rooted in the sixties either. Um, like yeah, I can't really think, but it's kind of an amalgamation of things. That Graham Bond was just one that sprang to mind there. As an, as an, I remember that as an early thing that I kind of latched onto. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I guess I'm not self, self consciously trying to uh, go back to the '60s or anything like that. Yeah. But it, it, it might, it might end up happening. <laughs> I'm not sure. No, I just always think that like you have to work so much harder, like as a listener, um, to like discover new things about the sixties. Like you know, you always hear about the Stones and the Beatles and like these other bands, but then actually trying to find like the real nuggets of like, oh, this is amazing. I haven't heard this a hundred times before, done a hundred times before. You know, that, that's kind of what I was wondering. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a good book. Um by Richie Unterberger is his name uh, and uh, I guess I, I can't remember the name of it but he, it's kind of like what you're saying he goes through uh, from the 50s late 50s up, up to kind of the maybe the late 80s and just kind of there's always that thread that's kind of par running parallel to popular music and kind of probably informing each new generation you know kind of so it is interesting to see how in those periods of time there's a there's kind of parallel scenes going on that don't really um maybe get as much attention until years later until, you know until the broader historical movement yeah. can be kind of seen from a distance i suppose um i suppose um, we better get back to uh the the present i uh how did uh the bank start um well I, I, it was really, I, I started writing, I spent a kind of summer, um, maybe three years ago, um, getting the first songs together. I just rented a, a space up here in Dublin and was kind of going in there just demoing things. And I ended up with a batch that I was kind of finally happy to start uh, recording with. So um, it was really just a recording project for a long time before we started playing gigs. And yeah, it was just getting in contact with um, some, like, a, you know, uh, the lads, like the, the lads who play 
Phil O'Gorman is a cousin of mine. I play with him uh, regularly. And my brother, Jim, as well, we, we had been kind of messing around with different things. So it was kind of, I guess it was just assembling whoever was around and up for it to kind of have a go with these new ideas. And that was, that was really it. Um, yeah, that was, that was, it wasn't kind of, it wasn't a, it was kind of a small incremental process of just, you know, let's get these recordings done and see what happens. And then, um, uh, I suppose, I suppose it's hard to answer like with hindsight, but do you remember like what you were hoping to achieve back then? Um, or like in, what you were trying like to sound or yeah. Um, yeah, uh, kind of, I, I, I suppose it goes back to that swing thing. I, I remember I was listening to a lot of, um, um, like African music and African music from like the late sixties and early seventies. Um, and I really wanted to record stuff that sounded that was just, you know, ambient, uh, in, in, you know, recorded minimally with minimal mic setups in a, in a nice room and, and also kind of messily, you know, um, not, I, I very much wanted a, a kind of no pressure and no, um, fuss approach to the recording and, and to just capture stuff rather than trying to sculpt um, products. I just wanted to kind of go in with these ideas and capture what whatever happened. So that was really, it was pretty, a pretty uh, uh, modest uh, aim really. So, but it, it worked out, I think so. How did the first set of shows go last week? You're in uh, Drogheda, Derry and Oma. Yeah, uh, really good. Yeah, we were um, the label that we released the record with is called uh, Thirty Three Forty Five, and the guy who runs that, um, Brian Hagerty, is his name. He's based up in Drogheda, so um, we started there, and it was great crack. Um, just um, yeah, really nice show, and um, got to hang out with him a little bit more as well because we kind of just been. The months leading up to it had been kind of hectic, so it was nice to just have the crack and a little bit of a celebration. Um, and then we were up north last week. Yeah, we were we were in Bennigan's with a band called Comrade Hat, who I highly recommend. One one of our favorite bands around at the moment. Um, and and um, then we were in Oma. Um, so yeah, we we friend of ours, um, Mark McCausland, runs a, a record shop um, himself and his mate in, in Oma. So we've been there a couple of times and we're all, it's always a good crack and um, a good good music um, community there. And it was, yeah, too much crack, too much fun. <laughs> is, is the name of the record store Top of the Town? Is that the venue that you played? Uh, that's the venue, yeah, and the, the record store is called Boneyard Records. Um, it's just, yeah, it's off the main street in Oma. It's really, really good. Um, really kind of good for an afternoon of rifling through stuff. Um, lots of lots of good stuff. 
I, you don't see Oma that often on like uh, the touring schedule of well Irish bands if they're ever doing an Irish tour it's rare that I see Oma on it but it's good that there are like these places slightly out of the way that still have like a really good record store and a good music community in them you've just got kind of got to to find them yeah yeah I really like that actually I really like the idea of playing small gigs and actually um, meeting people afterwards and hanging out and you know what I mean it's kind of Sometimes when the gigs are like a bit bigger, maybe sometimes in Dublin, there's so much to do that everyone's scattered straight away afterwards. But it's nice to do a gig and there's there's one pub that's a good spot in a town and everyone goes and, you know, hangs out and has a chat. I kind of like that about those kind of gigs. You're playing Bellow Bar in Dublin on October 27th, if anyone is listening to this before the October Bank holiday weekend. Uh, that seems like it's the venue that's kind of picked up a little bit of the slack maybe in Dublin and is kind of putting on more experimental stuff or much smaller stuff? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, it's definitely been kind of hard for a while, but they've been they've been quite good. Um, I think they're quite open to, you know, people coming along and having an idea and setting up a gig. So, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's a nice, nice place and, and a nice room, it's kind of fairly informal feeling. It feels a bit like a yeah. living room. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, we played there once before, and looking forward to getting back there. Cool. Uh, ju- just so everybody knows, in case they do want to see the Bonk and Fixity this weekend, it's the Sky in the Ground in Wexford on October twenty sixth, Rogue Gallery in Waterford on October twenty eighth, and then the Roundy in Cork on October twenty ninth. The Roundy is kind of like Bellow Bar. It's kind of really. Emma has taken over there and it sounds like she's doing a really good job. She's like, they're putting on the best, instantly putting on some of the best gigs in Cork. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't like, I actually haven't been there to Cork so much in the last month or so, but I, I was down there one weekend and we managed to get in to see a gig and it was, it was great. Um, really delighted that that's happened so fast since um, since uh, Gulf was kind of closed down over the summer. So, yeah, we're really like we're really kind of delighted to be in there and kind of you know being part of the first wave of stuff that starts happening. It's, it's really cool. It's such a small room, though. You're you're probably going to have people like outside the door listening to you, and like inside, it's going to be an absolute sweatbox. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sweatbox is good. We're we're okay <laughs> with sweatbox. That's that that suits us down to the ground. And my favorite type of gigs. Yeah, exactly. No, I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, I, I just have like two two more things uh, before I let you get back to it. Um, I was talking to Brian from Ye Vagabonds a couple of weeks ago, and he told me the alternative title to uh, the album. So you called it uh, The Bonk Seems to Be a Verb. Do you remember what the alternative title was? <laughs> I think there was like about 50 alternative titles but I'm 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 very curious to see what the one that he remembered is. <laughs> still doing the music. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's still in that's still the number one contender for the next one. <laughs> it's like it's uh, just like the question that everybody gets asked, is it? Everybody who's in a band. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, still so you're still doing the music. The music. <laughs> so uh we thought we just, you know, it kind of preempt the question this time and uh um yeah it's nicely uh nicely inane which is right up our alley <laughs> now i'm interested though what are what are some of the other titles that you have swirling around 
Um, geez, I, 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 I can't remember them all. One of them is it would hurt the town to hear it. I think that's one that brings <laughs> to mind. Uh, so yeah, a lot of them are a lot of them are rip-offs of uh, quotes that we recycle in our daily lives. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'll have to make a, I'll, I'll have to kind of make a list and make sure I remember them for when the time comes around. The yeah. uh, the the annoying titling stage. Um, like they're they're all like really funny and tongue in cheek, but the actual title of the album is brilliant as well. The bonk seems to be a verb. Were you were you kind of laughing at that, and then you were kind of like, actually, I really like the sound of that. Um. Well, yeah. Actually, that was kind of like uh, just a twist on a quote that I had read. Um. Um. By a guy, uh, or Buckminster Fuller. He's kind of an inventor. Um. He 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 had written that. Uh, his quote was, I seem to be a verb, and I, I thought that was really good. Um, and I thought it kind of, I, th- I thought it summed things up quite nicely in, in the way that the thing operates and the kind of fluid nature of what um, what we're doing. So, yeah, I kind of, I, 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 I noted that one down and it went on the pile. And, uh, yeah, just like, because we recorded lots of stuff, but the ones, the songs that were ready to kind of sit together on the first record, it, it seemed that that was, appropriate for those ones so uh, went with that oh, so, so you've got like a whole pile of songs ready for album number two still doing the music <laughs> yeah yeah we do um, but we'll keep uh, we'll kind of just keep keep doing stuff and then see which ones start to uh, coagulate as it were yeah okay well I guess we'll leave it there. Uh, thanks a million, uh, Phil, for talking and best luck with the gigs at the weekend and longer term with the bonk. Thanks a million. Oh, cheers. And thanks for, uh, thanks for the interest. Much appreciated. Yeah, great. Uh, yeah, have a, good, have a good show of gigs at the weekend. Cool. Thank you. We will. All right, good luck.